Welcome to the Turd Ferguson Report, and I am your host, Art Mosley, here as we continue our series of conversations with coaches. Today, we go down to Montgomery County, an area that, uh, if you're not familiar with the area, might be best known for its uh, but sweet Vidalia onions, but we're not here to talk about Vidalia onions today. We're here to talk about some Montgomery County football with head coach John Bowen. Coach Bowen, how are you doing today? I'm fine. How about yourself? We appreciate you having us on. Well, my pleasure, Coach. Thanks for taking a little bit of time. I know as we speak, today is uh, Tuesday the 31st. You said it was a first day of classes down in Montgomery County, and you said one down, 179 to go. So hope all is going well. It is. It is. It's always good. Sometimes as teachers like to would like to extend the summer, but as a football coach, sometimes uh, the summer routine gets a little old, and it's time to get, get the kids back in the fall where you know where they're all at all day. And, and just helps you get a little bit more accountability there and get some more consistency. So in that sense, it's, it's good to be back. Very good. Coach, let's jump into it. Tell us a little bit about your history. Where did you get your start? Uh, um, how did you get into coaching or, or why did you get into coaching? And, and who has, in terms of a coach, has influenced you the most? Uh, well, I, I knew from a young age that I love football about as much as anything uh, on this earth, uh, and so that kind of led me to that to that realm uh, post graduation. I got my start at Riverside Military Academy there in Gainesville. I went to the University of North Georgia, which at the time was North Georgia College, but still the uh, Senior Military College of Georgia, and and I was going to get into coaching, uh, and happened to just drive by Riverside one day and walked in, and, and there's a with all the bravado of a 21-year-old, just said, hey, I want to coach one day. Uh, what can I do to help uh, learn? And uh, luckily, we had some people there, some uh, people in charge. Colonel Richard Nichols, who was the athletic director at the time, uh, said, there's the head football coach right there. Introduce yourself. And uh, John Comiskey was uh, was taking over for his first uh, head coaching job there at Riverside Military Academy. And, and he was uh, – Kind enough to give a young college student uh, way more responsibility than I deserve. <laughs> and uh, so I started off as a, as a receiver, DB coach for varsity, and I was actually uh, calling defensive signals uh, for the JV at a AAA school uh, while being a senior in college. So uh, they gave me a great start, helped groom me, and that kind of goes into coaches, and coaches influenced me the most. Uh, I also coached basketball there. Uh, under Duke Madsen and Graham Waddell, who's a basketball legend in the state of Georgia, one of the all-time winningest coaches. Uh, but uh, learned uh, Coach Madsen, the head varsity basketball coach, was very uh, attention to detail, almost like a, a football coach. You know, he almost scripted out everything in practice like a lot of us football coaches would do. And uh, so I learned a lot from him and Coach Waddell about patience and learning how to teach, uh, teaching within coaching. And uh, when you're a young coach, sometimes you sit at these clinics, and, and I don't want to get ahead of myself. Uh, but you hear some of these old coaches that's, that's done a lot and, and accomplished a lot. And, and I, I remember sitting there 20 years ago and hearing one say, well, I don't want anybody to coach for me that's not a good teacher. And as a 25-something-year-old, you're chomping at the bit to do nothing but do the coaching part of it. I'm sitting there thinking, man, let's forget this part and get to the coaching. <laughs> uh, but it's it's so true because if someone's not a good teacher, they're not going to be a good coach. If they, if they shortcut Teaching, they're going to shortcut their coaching, and, and they do hand-in-hand because hand, that's, that's what teaching is, is coaching, and coaching is teaching. Good deal, Coach. 
Coach, let's let's talk about your team a little bit, and thanks for the history and the background. You you lost, and, and I, I have to admit, I am not uh, I am not a Montgomery County football historian, uh, but I do know you lost a first team All State defensive back last season, Clayton Harvey. Uh, a team you, you you're coming up from a team that uh, was had a six and five record last season, qualified for uh, the state tournament for the first time in several years. Uh, but but that's all done. That's in 2017. Coming into this season, what is one of the biggest challenges that you and your staff face? Uh, you just mentioned it. Replacing Clayton Harvey is going to be hard. Uh, the young man averaged 10 yards a carry. <laughs> and uh, and we also lost the school's all-time leading passer, uh, Chris Daniels, who broke every school passing record and was a three-year starter at quarterback. Uh, Shaw Robinson, a receiver that averaged nearly 22 yards a catch the last two seasons. So those three guys are all going to be playing on Saturdays. And, uh, that's tough for any size school, let alone a school our size. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I would say replacing those men and, and just keeping, keeping the, uh, attitude toward what we've been able to turn the corner the last two years. And, you know, this past season was the first winning season in 30 years. And just getting that mindset of a professional way to go to work and get ready. And I guess if you just straight pen and paper X and knows it, we got to find the quarterback. And uh, that's going to be key. How well, whoever that quarterback may be, how well he can progress. And in the meantime, our offensive line, uh, two years ago, we started four freshmen on an O-line. And uh, last year now we were starting like uh, four sophomores. And, and now it's like four juniors. So, so we're kind of leaning on those guys to uh, help protect our young quarterback. Coach, you talked about changing a tradition, a first winning season in 30 years. Uh, the feeder team, the middle school team, how involved are you at that to try to change that at that level? Is that is that one of your goals or, um, down in Montgomery County? Uh, well, it has to be to some extent. And, and we try to let our uh, – we got a lot of our coaches help on Friday nights that also coach the middle school during the week. So uh, we don't maybe get the hands-on time we'd like with the middle school kids as far as myself as a coach and Coach Suttles, our defensive coordinator. Uh, but we're in constant communication and sharing information and, uh, you know, just trying to be there as a sounding board to help uh, anywhere our uh, middle school coaches uh Needed. Uh, we had a good little middle school team last year. They played for the little league championship, uh, got beat by a team they actually beat in the regular season. Uh, so, so they had a good little group and we're inheriting a lot of those guys as ninth graders this year. Uh, but we just try to be there for them and give them as much support as they want. You know, it, it's, it's never enough time to spend as much as you'd like across the board. But, uh, we have coaches that, that coach on both sides of it, the varsity and the middle school and, and they do a good job keeping us in tune with the kids. So, I'd say we have a pretty good handle on what's going on in our sub-varsity program. Great. Uh, once again, talking to Coach John Bowen, the head coach of the Montgomery County Eagles down in Mount Vernon, Georgia. Coach, who, who are some of the names uh, to be familiar with on your team this year? Perhaps uh, players you're leaning on. I know you mentioned the offensive line, but also uh, maybe perhaps some players that are poised uh, for a breakout season or, or, or players you're looking for to, to produce some offense for you. Uh, <clears throat> Daquan Jackson is, is where it's going to start with. Uh, he's going to play some running back for us. Uh, he'll also play some receiver, and he might jump around and, and get in there at quarterback some. Uh, he's going to be a senior. He had a pretty big year last year <clears throat> considering uh, the other weapons we had. I mean, he scored like nine different ways last year. He had a pick six, a fumble return, a kick return, a punt return, a quarterback run, several running touchdowns, a catching touchdown. I mean, you name it, he scored that way. Uh, and had, had a, you know, like a kickoff return of 88, uh, longest run, 
of 76, longest catch of 80, longest punt return of 76. I mean, he's a big play guy. And uh, he's a legit 4 five forty guy. And uh, so it's going to start with him as far as the explosive playmaking and, and the offense. Uh, but also Randy Shoemake, he's going to be a senior this year. Uh, maybe small in stature. He's only about 5'3", five, 5'4", five, but he's strong. Bench is about 320. Uh, runs a 4'6". And so that gives us a little bit of speed and power at fullback, even though he's a little... <clears throat> Maybe maybe a lot of people will consider undersized, but uh, but we're expecting big things from those two uh, offensively, along with Tristan Denmark, who is another fast guy. And you sense a, a theme here with speed, and our uh, our track coach does a good job. You know, our school's defending uh, state champions in track from last year, and Coach Suttles, who's our defensive coordinator, has done a great job cultivating our speed, and uh, that's what we try to build around. And we got some guys there. They may be small, but they're fast. Uh, on the offensive line, Blaine Kraft is going to be the uh, a senior, and uh, we're expecting big things from him to, to lead and anchor that group. And uh, some other linemen returning that's got two and three years starting experience are going to be Cam Weidman, a junior, Brian Coleman, uh, Noah Bargeron, and there's one offensive line spot open for uh, for competition right now. We've got several kids competing for that. Uh, so we expect them to, to lean pretty heavily on them. Uh, on defense, we got, uh, Jacoby Russell was a, uh, honorable mention all region, or excuse me, second team all region, uh, linebacker last year, uh, along with first team guys of Tristan Denmark, who plays offense and Randy Shoemake. Uh, so, you know, we got a lot of guys playing both ways and, uh, we're going to have to find ways to, uh, let them rest while still making sure that, that, that we don't become vulnerable by resting them too much. Um, so that, those are guys there uh, on the linebacking core in the front line should be anchored inside by a nose tackle tie on Roundtree, who's going to be a junior and a uh, super strong young man, a, a big, large man, uh, over 300 pounds, uh, benches over 300, easy, uh, pretty fast for a big guy. So we, we're counting on big things from tie on Roundtree as well. And then the secondary, you know, Daquan Jackson again, will uh, he'll move from corner to uh, safety this year. Uh, and and um, should give us a little more in the pass defense game. Uh, we're hoping he can give us as much as Clayton Harvey gave us in the run stopping game as far as filling that alley and hit. Uh, another name, Francisco Garcia, a kicker. Uh, we're looking to probably have the best kicking game we've had in my three years here. Uh, we seem to be way ahead of where we were at any point in the last two seasons with that phase, and uh, we're hoping that counts because, you know, we're, we're going to uh, – Whereas last year we scored 36 points a game and, and we were up and down the field and, and we could score and put the ball anywhere. We're going to be more of a control team this year. So it's going to come down to shortening the game and, and making sure our possessions count. And I think our kicking game is going to give us that opportunity to uh, come away with several three-pointers in times where we might have had to go for a fourth down and maybe not gotten it. So uh, we think that's going to be a, a key to in helping us get over the top in some close ball games. Very good. Once again, talking to Coach John Bowen, head coach of the Montgomery County Eagles. The Eagles play in uh, Class A Region Three Division Division uh, B in that uh, subregion there, down in Montgomery County in Southeast Georgia. Coach, we talked about the players that are high performers on the field. Uh, can you give us some of the players who are high performers in the community or in the classroom? Well, we, we've been blessed with a good group of kids and, and they take uh, their academics serious. And, and as coaches, we try to cultivate that too. We let them know that we're, we're here day one to be teachers and students. And, and then after that, then we're athletes. And uh, 
and uh, but we got several great students, you know, with A and with A's and B's, you know, that I could make a list of for forever long on those kids. Uh, you know, we got Zach Barrow, who's uh, excellent student, probably hardly ever made a B in his life. Is going to be one of our receivers and DBs. Uh, Daquan Jackson's a very bright student, and, and you know, with with also being a great athlete, uh, he's an A and B type kid. Uh, we just got a lot of those guys, and uh, but character-wise, and, and stepping out in the community, we got a couple of uh, kids uh, that are coming back that, that helped. They actually got into coaching last year, and and that's that makes the coach proud that, that you see that some kids actually, you know, think enough of the position that you're occupying that they want to emulate that even on a smaller scale. And that, Matt Seward is a receiver; he's going to be a senior for us this year. Uh, expecting him, he's he's moving from the number three target to the number one target, and. Uh, but he, he's going to help coach a rec football team again this year, just like he did last year. And, and Brian Coleman, our offensive lineman, who uh, is probably also going to be one of the point guards on the basketball team. That's a, that's an interesting combination in the point guard, offensive <laughs> lineman. <laughs> but uh, he's, he's deceptively fast, and he, he does a great job pulling force and everything. He's a little undersized on the line, but he's a competitor and he's a smart kid. But he also helped coach uh, in the rec department last year. And uh, so we're kind of proud of those guys for that because that's that stuff they don't have to do, you know. After coming back, you know, last year we had three home games. Uh, we had eight away games if you count the state playoff game. And, and uh, I, I believe it was – I did the math. I think it was like six of them that we got back after 1 a.m. or close to 1 a.m. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it wasn't like we were taking little trips around the corner. We were going to Savannah every other week almost. And uh, and for them guys to get up on a Saturday morning and give up their whole Saturday to go do rec football, that, that says a lot about the young man and their character and how much pride they have in their community. Coach, that's great. It's always great to hear um, uh, hear these young men giving back and see them investing, like you said, investing and having pride in their community and taking an interest in the next generation. So congratulations uh, for helping foster that kind of environment. Uh, oh, we thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Coach, you may have touched on this a little bit earlier, but what are you looking forward to the most this season? Uh, just getting it rolling and, and seeing who is going to be the ones to step up and, and make plays because uh, there's some opportunities for some kids to come out and, and, and be that guy, you know, whereas in the past two years they haven't had to because of the Shaw Robinsons, Chris Daniels, and Clayton Harvey's that graduated. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see who's going to step forward and, and, and take the uh, – pull by the horn, so to speak, and say, give me the ball. I'm ready to make plays. And, and that's what we want to see on both sides of the ball. Good deal. Coach, I, I know that, that coaches, uh, you know, being a coach, I know that coaches say, hey, look, the next game is the most important game. and There's no one that stands out more than the other. But in terms of the community down there uh, in Mount Vernon, is there any rivalry game that the, the community gets behind and is looking forward to this season? Uh, Trudeland County. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's an easy one. That's our neighbors, uh, and that's the ones that uh, you know. When all else fails, Trutland and Wheeler. But I would say Trutland more so than Wheeler is the uh, ones that love to hate each other down here. Uh, it, it'll be good crowd. It uh, should be a good ball game. We've actually been fortunate enough to beat them both times since I've been down here. Uh, I'm sure they're not liking that too much, and uh, they got a new coach, and I think they're trying to get some new things rolling down there. And uh, so it should be a great ball game, you know. And when they, when these two teams get together, it doesn't matter if it's softball, basketball, baseball. You know, they, they like to beat each other, and they don't care how good or bad the other one is. They just want to beat them. And uh, you know, for example, we play them in basketball, and we have to play it across the street at the college because neither one of our our gym's not big enough to hold it. Wow. 
and uh, so it's it's pretty good rivalry. So it may be underrated as far as statewide, uh, but it, it's a solid rivalry as I've seen in my 26 years coaching. And coach, that's uh, not only is it a neighbor rival, but they're a region rival as well. So that game holds uh, you know a little bit more more significance in in your you know first four games. That's your first region game, uh, and you guys will get that game at home on September 28th. Uh, coach, what, what's been your greatest memory as a as a coach, whether as a head coach or or even early on at Riverside Military? Well, I'm gonna give you two. Uh, one was when I was head coach at uh, Hepsiba, which I coached at ten years. Uh, we had just opened up that uh, big old huge stadium in '08 and uh, 2008, that is, and, and uh, got beat by Lakeside in '08 at their place uh, on the last second. You know, last we missed a fourth and two or fourth and inches down there at the end, lost a heartbreaking game. And, Ended up being region runner-ups due to that. We, you know, if we'd have won that game, we'd have been region champs uh, in Quad A. And the next year, we turned around and played them. I think it was in like week four or five, and, and uh, they were nobody thought we was going to be as good in '09 as we were in '08. And, and Lakeside was pretty doggone good. Matter of fact, I think they were like four weeks into the season and hadn't been scored on. Mm. And uh, and we played them, so they've been unscored on, and hardly anybody had even been inside their red zone. And uh, we were able to beat them in overtime. Uh, just a very exciting game. Coach Jody Grooms had a great team that year, and uh, and we had a good team, and, and we were able to win it. And man, we had that big old stadium that helps were packed out. It was like a college atmosphere. I mean, it was it was loud. It was raucous from 30 minutes before kickoff till it ended, and uh, we we scored in overtime and kicked our conversion. They scored in overtime. Uh, was going to kick their conversion. We had a young man jump offside. They moved the ball to the one and a half and decided to go for the win right there. <laughs> and we had a sophomore, we had a sophomore defensive tackle stuff it in the hole. And I don't even think he knew what he did until about 10 seconds after it was over. And just people were going crazy. And, uh, it was just one heck of an atmosphere. And that was awesome. And, and I tell you though, last year in the state playoff game, uh, we, we were six and five. Uh, but I can promise you we were a doggone good six and five football team. Uh, we went down to Charleston and went into a seesaw shootout and lost 49 to 46. And you know what kind of program Charleston's historically known for. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was just a great ball game. I mean, it was touchdown here, touchdown there, touchdown here. And it was, it was just back and forth. And just to do that in that kind of atmosphere, uh, you know, when a lot of people, uh, I think the last few times that Montgomery had been to the playoffs, they'd been kind of really embarrassed. And uh, and we we just went in and put on one heck of a show. And I would recommend anybody, if you want to look it up, Charlton streams all their games on YouTube. If you want to see a great high school football game, regardless of classification, go look that one up from last year and you'll get a treat because it was a great game. Absolutely. I have to see if I can find that and link that one to, in my social media, Coach. Uh, let's talk about uh, – uh, what you'd be doing. We, we talked a, a lot about your coaching. If, if you hadn't stopped by as a 21 year old and, and had the, had the gumption to stop in and say, Hey, I want to coach football. What, what if, you know, if you would have passed that opportunity by, what do you think you would have been doing besides coaching? Well, I would have went in the U S army. I was on a Georgia national guard scholarship and, uh, and I was pretty gung ho about some stuff at that time. Uh, you know, North Georgia focused a lot of people toward the combat arms. So, uh, I probably would have went after, a. uh, uh, an infantry type commission or some other combat arms branch and I would have went in the army. Uh, so, but you know, fate has it. I broke my ankle playing soccer, got screws and plates and pins put in it. And, uh, they uh, disqualified that from service at the time with the cutbacks. And, uh, so it set me on to a coaching path, which was what I was going to do after an army career anyway. 
Very good. Once again, talking to Coach John Bowen, the head coach of the Montgomery County Eagles. Coach, we just have a few more questions for you, and thanks again for your time today. Uh, what, you've been you've been in this game for for a while now. What's the best piece of advice that you can give to a young coach, or a young up and coming coach, or someone who's interested in getting into coaching and teaching? Uh, one is to, to be a good teacher. Uh, one to be a good teacher, and don't don't shortchange that part. But just from a simple mathematical standpoint, also, I, I try to tell young coaches all the time that uh, the teaching is probably going to make up seventy five to eighty five percent of your salary, and the coach is going to make up ten to twenty. Uh, so, you know, you common math tells me I need to make sure I hold on to my teaching job and, and do a good job there. And, and, and that will carry over into the coaching. And, and I really truly believe that. And other than that is, is be patient, be a student of the game. Uh, I try to read just about every book I can get my hands on, on offensive schemes, defense schemes. I like to consider myself, a, if I had to go somewhere and, and coach for somebody else tomorrow and he said, I want you to run this and do that, I think I got the knowledge I could make it happen. And, and I think that just comes from being a student of the game. And uh, and to just be patient and, and learn when the opportunities are there. It's okay to have opinion, uh, but sometimes as a young coach, uh, sometimes it's better maybe to uh, hold those a little bit and just become an expert in what the head coach wants you to become an expert in. And uh, that way it shows that loyalty that you're going to want one day when you're a, uh, an older coach with a head coaching job. Mm. Sounds Some great advice from Coach Bowen. Uh, coach, uh, let's talk about your legacy. When when you're done coaching, what do you want? How do you want to be remembered by your players and the coaches that you coach with, and and perhaps the communities that you are a part of? How do you want to be remembered by? Well, I, I would think I'd like to say that it, I've been in some tough places, and, and so they'll know that it's a guy that's not scared of a challenge. Uh, they will also know that it's a guy that's been fair, firm, and uh, done things by the book. I haven't tried to take any shortcuts. Uh, you know and not even trying to flirt with any gray areas. I, I don't really worry about what everybody else is doing. I worry about what we can do to make us better. And I think if we, if we can keep that, if you want to call it short-sighted goal or whatever you want to call it, I think that keeps everything on track for the big goals. Mm-hmm. If you just worry about being the best you can be and how you can improve your situation as it stands, you know, uh, know who you're competing against and, and who's competing against you and to, to where you can climb that ladder. And, and uh, I think that's a, a fair thing to, to be able to look back with pride on a, a career and say that we've, we've done those things. Great, Coach. Coach, I appreciate your time. Just got one more question for you. Um, if someone is traveling down to Mount Vernon for a football game, perhaps the, your opener against Atkinson County, uh, the, the rivalry game we mentioned before against Trutland on the 28th or, or the Claxton game a couple weeks before, where is the best place to get a pregame meal down there? Well, I'm going to give a plug to all of our local churches first, but not everybody can get that. If you're fortunate enough to eat where the team's eating, which is at the local churches around take turns feeding us, and, and they'll sometimes almost be fighting on who can get us for a particular game, and boy, they take care of us. Uh, but if, you, if you're not fortunate enough to be on the team trip to eat there, then I would say we got some pretty good uh, places to get steak around in, in, in the uh, neighboring counties and uh, – and in town, we have a great Mexican restaurant, and uh, uh, tell you what, uh, we have Friendly Gus, which is a convenience-type store that has some of the best chicken fingers. And our concession stand is pretty doggone good, too, with Miss Quarterman and Mr. Harold Quarterman, the way they run it. Excellent. So we got some options there. If you're if you're down in the, I, I call it the, I don't want to get people confused with Vidalia, Georgia, but in the Vidalia region down there, Coach, uh, definitely got some options to eat. 
Coach Bowen, it has been my my privilege and pleasure to speak with you this evening. Thank you so much for your time and appreciate you letting us and, and the rest of the state know a little bit about the Montgomery County Eagles. No problem. We appreciate you and everything you're doing to help promote this great game and these schools across the state. My pleasure. Thanks again to Coach John Bowen, the head coach of the Montgomery County Eagles down in Mount Vernon, Georgia. The Eagles are in Region 3 Class A uh, public school out of Southeast Georgia. Please remember to visit our sponsor, Yorganize It. Yorganize It helps people create order wherever it is lacking in their lives, from simple closet solutions, playroom overhauls, or whole house makeovers. Yorganize It has a customized solution for you. You can find them on the web at yourorganizeit.com. That's Y-O-U-R-G-A-N-I-Z-E-I-T.com. You organize it. Your space, your time, your life. Thanks again for joining us on another episode of the Turd Ferguson Report and our conversations with coaches. That's going to do it for us today. Don't forget, you can find us on the web at turdferguson.com. That's T-U-R-D-F-U-R-G-E-S-O-N.com. Or on Twitter at Turd Ferguson RPT, T U R D F U R G E S O N R P T. If you like what you're hearing, make sure you comment in our comment section or leave us a message on Twitter. Make it a great day, everybody. 